0: On the 18th of August 2020, the good people of the Republic of Mali woke up to the booming of guns and the bombardments of arms. The democratic era was over and the men of the military were there to take what they thought was rightfully theirs. Hello and welcome to The Legal Hangouts. My name is Oluwa Damilola and I'll be your host for this podcast. Today is our very first episode and we are going to be discussing an interesting issue and that is interrogating the Maliku from a legal perspective. We are not just going to stop there. We are going to also Analyze this scenario under Nigerian law. And see what the constitution says about these forced transfers of power. The penalties, if any, exist. It's going to be a wild ride. So let's just hit the gas and dive right into it. A little introduction to set the stage For this episode, Colonel Major Ismail Wig, Lieutenant Colonel Asimi Koita, and other high-ranking members of the Malian Army arrested former President Ibrahim Keita, forced him to resign, and overthrew the democratically elected government. To the joy of many civilians. Who had earlier taken to the streets in protest of his administration, and this was before the coup. The junta has promised to hand over power to a truly democratic government, but has refrained from giving a precise timetable for the handover of power. The constitution of the Republic of Mali is pretty cut and dry, in its position towards coup d'état. But before we go into that, it is very pertinent to understand that Mali is a French-speaking country and through the course of my research, I had to read an English translation of the constitution. If any meaning is lost in context, I humbly apologize for that. So let's go right into it. Article 26 of the Constitution explicitly reads that the sovereignty of the nation belongs entirely to the people who shall exercise it through their representatives or by votes of a referendum. It goes further to say that no faction nor any individual may exclusively claim the exercise of such sovereignty. The express mention of a coup, however, comes much later in Article 121 of said constitution and it goes thus. The foundation of every power in the Republic of Mali resides in the constitution and a coup d'etat is an imprescriptible crime against the Malian people. Imprescriptible in this context means not subject to to being taken away, and the synonym for that is inalienable. However, these provisions of the constitution have not been able to help the people of Mali because when coups happen, there is usually an ouster or suspension of certain constitutional provisions and these are the provisions that go against schools in themselves military governments suspend this so as not to interfere with their governance this is more reason why the backlash against the Malian soldiers have been international as opposed to internal ones this also works with sanctions too generally the international community is predisposed towards democratization as opposed to outright democracy democratization is more of a gentle nudge towards the principles of democracy as opposed to going into democracy outrightly and this is why setbacks to this gradual democratization is often met with backlash from the international community. Organizations such as the African Union and the United Nations have adopted this anti coup framework. ECOWAS has also joined in this too. This is great because these negative international responses Two regimes significantly influence the sustainability of these regimes and makes them crumble faster. And this is great for everyone because at that point the cool plotters could then face the full wrath of the law. But now let's move on to the good stuff and that is the Nigerian reality what does nigerian law say about scenarios like this right off the bat section one subsection two of the nigerian constitution states that the federal republic of nigeria shall not be governed nor shall any person or group of persons take control of the government of nigeria except in accordance with the provisions of this constitution it doesn't just stop there The Criminal Code in Section 37, Subsection 1 and 2 provides that anybody who intimidates, overhauls, or tries to remove an acting precedent is guilty of treason, and treason is punishable by death. According to that section treasonable felony on the other hand is the intention to commit treason as Opposed to the action of actually committing treason. Section 41 punishes this with life imprisonment It is very important that we look at this from historical precedents to broaden our perspective because there is a method to the madness of Nigerian coups. This method hinges on the failure or success of coup cool plotters. As we know, very important people in the Nigerian political landscape executed coups in their glory years. Some of them include current president Muhammadu Buhari, retired general Ibrahim Babangida, and so many others. And as far as we know, they haven't received any real penalties for their participation in such activities. However, moving on to the other group, those are the ones who participated in failed military coup it is very interesting to realize that these people faced the full wrath of the law. A very good example of this is the 1976 coup or the Dimka coup as some would call it. Lieutenant Colonel Bukasua Dimka and other accomplices were arrested, tried and convicted of treason by the Special Military Tribunal and most of them were sentenced to death by firing squad after trial. Another case is the Vasta coup of 1985. Major General Maman Vasta and hundreds of military officers were accused of plotting a coup by the same special military tribunal and as opposed to sentencing the defaulting officers to life imprisonment as is the penalty for treasonable felony most of them were executed and some would even argue that this happened without proper fear hearing and it was all a product of a bigger conspiracy however what we know is that the business of coup plotting in Nigeria is very complicated. And according to historical precedents, punishment is not meted out because of the act of committing a coup, but because of the failure to successfully commit such coup. As we all know now, the answer to the question posed at the beginning of this episode is just that it depends on the outcome of such cool in other words a cool is a zero-sum game thanks for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it you can also get more episodes like this by subscribing to this channel the source materials that were used for creating this episode are going to be linked in the description and our twitter page would also be linked in the description too we are open to suggestions questions disputations amongst other things that you seek to bring to our notice thank you once again for listening to this episode bye for now